0: Everybody, aloha, and welcome back to the Brick House for another edition of Bose Football Final here at KHON2.com. I'm Rob DeMello and joining me as always, Spectrum Sports Analyst, former University of Hawaii player and coach, the one and only Rich Miano and coach. Over hundred and fifty thousand residents from Hawaii go to Las Vegas annually in hopes of hitting it big, in hopes <laughs> of hitting the jackpot. Well, the University of Hawaii football team did just that this past weekend, beating UNLV 21 to 7 and what they got in return was bowl eligibility. They also secured ownership, reclaimed ownership of the Island Showdown Trophy, the Golden Pineapple, and their rivalry series with UNLV. But most importantly, they forced a Mountain West Conference West Division title game against San Diego State this Saturday at Aloha Stadium. Now we'll talk about that upcoming game against the Aztecs. We'll talk about everything that went down in the UNLV victory. Mm -hmm. But first things first, hearing everything, all the ramifications of that win, how significant of a Saturday, how big of a haul was it for this University of Hawaii football
1: program? By far the most significant signature win, I think, in Nick Rolovich's career in terms of where they are now with what's left in this remaining schedule. Um, I, I think you can go back all the way to 2007 against Boise State when Hawaii had to play Boise State in 2007 and secure that victory for some similar circumstances. This is a huge win for this program. To do it on the road, to be able to enjoy it on that long flight back, um, I think all of those residents that Went up there and we had more fans hawaii had more fans than vegas had fans and uh when you went to Samstown, when you went to golden nugget when you went to the california you could see the people celebrating the players celebrating the coaches celebrating and hopefully this whole state is celebrating
0: it's incredible well, after the university of hawaii lost the fresno state you'd imagine that any hopes for a west division yeah. title thrown out the window because everyone knew that you needed san diego state to lose to nevada you needed fresno state to lose i mean so many things needed to happen and hawaii needed to win all their games and although not mathematically out of out of it 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 seemed like realistically uh was out of it but everything that needed to happen over the last three weeks happened Mm -hmm. and it is absolutely unbelievable to me that not only hawaii has this game against san diego state which is which is the moment that everyone's been waiting for. What, what would bring excitement to this program? What could possibly bring fans? And You need championship football at Aloha Stadium. You're getting it. But what is even crazier to me is that bowl eligibility is almost an afterthought. This is a team that picked up their seventh win, going to a back-to-back bowl games for the first time since the Mm 2007-2008 season when UH went in 06, 07, 08. This is the third time in the four years of the Nick Rolovich era that they will be going to a bowl game. And only the 13th time in 47 years of Division I football for the University of Hawaii. And yet, it's almost an afterthought. No one's really even celebrating the fact that this team is bowl eligible.
1: Yeah, and I, th- I think this team is a team of destiny, and I-, I agree with you in terms of I don't think the people in Hawaii appreciate this team, Nick Rolovich, this local coaching staff with Craig Stutzman and Brian Smith and Abraham Elamemium, this local team made up of a bunch of really good local players as well as some great players from the mainland. And when you look at the captains, to me, that kind of describes this football team. You have three that were walk-ons, three local boys who are now captains, and you have Cole McDonald in that mix, too, that was added to the captain uh, position by his teammates and, and by the coaches. And you have just a, the Chevin Cordero factor, one of the greatest local players to ever sign with the University of Hawaii in the last decade. So you have this whole mix of good things. And this team, is you can tell, that this team is destined to do more than just qualify to win seven games this team is going to compete for a mountain west championship and could win nine games our 10 if they win that bowl game and i think that maybe sneak into that top 25 top top 30 type of national recognition
0: yeah and they'll be facing a san diego state team that is ranked 25th in the latest coaches poll so of course that will be a big game this saturday at aloha stadium we will talk much about that one as we get ready for the Aztecs here on Saturday. But let's back up a little bit. 21-7 victory over the Rebels of UNLV. It's the last game played against UNLV at Sam Boyd Stadium as they will be moving to the new Las Vegas Raiders Stadium next season. So UH will make their first trip in two years. But you look at Chevin Cordero got the start for the second straight week. He was the reigning Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Week after his incredible performance against San Jose State. He gets the nod, Cole McDonald is on the sideline, and then after a four of nine for 46-yard start with two interceptions, Cole McDonald is brought in in the second quarter to take ownership of this UH offense. And it's the first time that you saw Cole McDonald use in this way, because in past years, I mean, even last year, it was if Cole McDonald is struggling, then Chevin Cordero comes in, and, and, and more times than not, he would do incredible things. But this is the first time that you saw Cole McDonald come in in relief. Uh, how special was that? How big was that for this football team? How big was that for number 13?
1: Well, let's, let's put it into perspective. I think all 132 teams in college football in the FBS would love to have two outstanding quarterbacks. And if you look at the narrative, even in the National Football League, you're starting to get more athletic quarterbacks. Therefore, they're going to get hurt. Therefore, sometimes they're not as accurate as you would like them in the passing game. And if you can bring a guy off the bench to give a spark like Chevron has, and now you brought Cole in off the bench. To have two great quarterbacks is a tremendous luxury. And, you know, I give credit to Craig Stutzman because he's coached these guys. I give credit to Nick Rolovich because he recruited these guys. But, you know, with this world of transfer portals and the ability for these guys to go wherever they want based upon systems, based upon schemes, based upon their comfortability, to have these two guys like each other, to have these two guys compete against each other, to have these guys be so successful, we're blessed to be able to watch this.
0: Uh, Of course, Cole McDonald, he went 20-26 for 211 yards passing. No passing touchdowns, but he had two huge rushing touchdowns in that 21-7 victory. So last week we saw Cole McDonald get benched by Shevin. Shevin plays well, and he gets the start because you imagine you go with the hot hand. Head coach Nick Rolovich has been preaching this all season long, since the Arizona game, and really since training camp, that he has two starting mm-hmm. quarterbacks. He has two guys capable of leading this team. And even though you hear him say it over and over again, and, and, and last week he had the great line of uh, first world quarterback problems, but you can't help but think to yourself sometimes, like, you know, would it be better for this team to have just one guy that ever knows is the guy? This is the first time that I I think that the masses understand like, wait, wait a second. Mm -hmm. This is a very positive thing because we have seen both guys come off the bench and spark this offense. Mm -hmm. Are you under the impression that, you know what, this is a positive. This this isn't a first-world quarterback problem. This is a first-world quarterback situation.
1: Yeah, I, I think, again, it goes back to how it's handled, how these guys like one another, how they the team reacts to both guys in terms of, you know, one is uh, a prolific third-year guy in the system that's thrown for 3,000 yards now twice, only two other quarterbacks that have done that, Colt Brennan and Timmy Chang. The other guy is a protege, is, is a guy that we all know is in the lines of Tua Tonga by Loa and Dylan Gabriel, a guy that's going to be here for a long time and put up records in multiple wins. So that can be a precarious situation based upon how it's handled by Nick Rolovich, Craig Stutzman, the team and the community. And I think all of us are starting to get in line with it, that this is a good thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so when you look at, you try to put on your brimmed uh, Rolovich hat that he wears <laughs> Uh, what do you think happens on Saturday? I mean, he says that that just like last week, he's going to watch these guys practice, watch these guys, how they develop in the game plan, how they control the offense with the game plan at hand against this opponent. But, I mean, you look at last year, Cole McDonald had a huge game against San yes, Diego State, beat the Aztecs on the road, which was uh, probably his signature victory to this point in his career What do you do if you're Nick Rolovich? Who takes the opening snap? Is it Cole McDonald or Chevin Cordero?
1: Well, you know, Nick Rolovich is the perfect coach in terms of holding his cards close to his Mm -hmm. face and and not allowing the opposition, not even allowing, you know, closing practice this week to the media. I think, you know, what you have to do, though, is go with what has gotten you there. And last week it was Chevin because of the performance against San Jose. This week Cole played, I mean, when you talk about efficient in terms of the passing game, powerful in terms of the running game, leadership. and all the other things that he stands for, I think you go with Cole. But he, Cole knows now. Shevin knows now mm-hmm. that, hey, if you don't do what's in this the parameters of this offense, throw, check the ball down when you have to, go through your progressions, run for first downs, be that 11th man in the running game. That's so hard for defensive coordinators to stop. That it's not a personal thing it's a team thing it's a state thing i'm going to go with the guy that's going to give us the best chance to win so we'll see how practice goes but i would imagine you go with cole mcdonald this week but Shevin is right there to fill in if he needs to
0: yeah you imagine the guy with the hot hand and also sporting the hot hand right now is the university of hawaii defense after weeks of question marks and weeks of struggles for this uh defense they put it together against unlv i imagine Defensive coordinator Corey Batun wants all games played in the state of Nevada because you look at 54-3 victory over the Wolfpack in Nevada, and then the 21-7 win over UNLV. By far the two best efforts by this University of Hawaii defense this season. But what did you see there on the field from your vantage point? You're up top. You could see all 22. What was it that worked for this U.H. defense?
1: Yeah. And, you know, just last week, we're talking about do we have systematic problems in terms of talent? Do we have systematic problems in terms of coaching? Either one of those is no or resounding no. And what I saw from up above is I saw, first of all, let's start up front. I thought that that 3-3-5 and it's tough to block because he has so many multiple fronts. And they did a nice job of demanding double teams with some insight side penetration in the passing game, and it starts with blessment to Allah. Then, you know, when you go to that second level linebacker play, I thought Jeremiah Pritchard coming back to Las Vegas and playing in front of his family and his friends. I thought even though he has a cast on his hand, he's physical. He played outstanding. And then Solomon Matautia to me has become an every down uh seasonal linebacker play that doesn't doesn't just make big plays but he's a consistent linebacker but i want to talk about the back end mm-hmm. i've been saying this all year long those two corners you don't hear roe Ferris's name called that often you don't have a name called that often because People study him and understand that he's a shut down corner. So who do they go against? They go against Cortez Davis. Last week, Cortez Davis was responsible for more pass broken up than I've seen a corner in a long, long time. Tight coverage. This week, he comes up with an interception that was the biggest play of this football game, along with great coverage. But then you saw Eugene Ford make some good tackles. You saw... um, uh, the other safety, uh, Ika Keke, who's from Las Vegas, played maybe one of his best games. At, at crucial pass breakups, playing fast, playing strong. I was really impressed. I was with Mark McMillan, my former teammate from the Philadelphia Eagles. And when I saw some coverages where five guys, literally the back out of the backfield, were all covered, and that quarterback not being so mobile, it was great pass coverage in the back end. Maybe their best job in the back end all season.
0: You know, there's one thing that when I watch a football game, and especially when I, when I watched on Saturday, something that. I never really thought about before it came into my thought process of you know, when you have, a, first of all, defensive back is the most difficult position yes. to play, I think, because you're on your heels the entire game um, you're left out on an island most of the time and you're expected to make plays but when you look at how many, on average especially in a, in a run-and-shoot offense, when you're the defense for a run-and-shoot offense, how, how many snaps do you think a defense takes in, in a game on average? Yeah,
1: On average, a conventional offense plays between 50 and 70 snaps. On average, in a run-and-shoot defense, between 80 and 100. On average, possessions is six to eight in terms of conventional defenses. On average, in run and run-and-shoot is between 10 and 13 so they have more shots on goal you have more Mm plays to defend it's like that offensive tackle that blocks his pass rushing end all game long and then all of a sudden gives up one sack but that sack happened to be a cause fumble quarterbacks hurt Did he play a bad game? No, he played great for 75 out of the 76 snaps. Same thing on the corner. You mentioned they're on an island. They will give up touchdown passes once in a while. But it's the overall play of these two young men, and I'm telling you, Cortez Davis and Roe Farris have played consistent all year long.
0: Well, and the thing is is that you know, we get the the mailbox questions, and so many of the questions are, you know, this guy always gives up this. This guy, this guy's a liability (laughs) because of the explosive plays that he gives up, right? And let's say that, you know, player X gives up a touchdown right a 50 yard touchdown in a game but there's 75 snaps and now when the ball isn't thrown to that side of the field that means that he locked down his guy usually yes so when you look at 80 snaps in a game and let's say this guy gives up three big plays and two of them are first downs and one of them is touchdown then you're looking at 77 times out of 80 times this player did everything correct, but the right. camera wasn't on him yep. because you're watching on TV. And so you're not even looking at what's going on on that side of the field. If a quarterback decides to not throw to one side of the field, that means that player did his job. Mm-hmm. And so it is mind boggling to me, the, the just the, the way that people can come down on defensive backs mm-hmm. for being bad or being horrible or whatever it is. When you look at the percentage of the amount of times that he makes it so that the quarterback doesn't even want to throw to his yes. side of the field is astronomical.
1: And that's why this is the ultimate team game, because it could be max protection where it's a two-man route and they've got more players to block our whatever we have call defensively, whether that was a zone dog, a man blitz, whatever else. And all of a sudden, you know, he runs an out-and-up or a post-corner uh, post route. And, you know, the quarterback has all the time in the world. He has a clean pocket. Hey, one for them. They dialed up the right play against our blitz. Same thing like this past game. There was one play it was a post over the middle and I talked to Abraham el That was a, what they call a fire zone. So you have guys that are blitzing that normally are underneath coverage, therefore helping you with making those throwing lanes less visible, uh, smaller windows. If they time something up correctly on offense and you call some type of blitz on defense, that's one for them. They're on scholarship as well. They're going to make plays. They're going to catch balls. They're going to have long runs. It's just you know people have to understand that this hawaii secondary especially the cornerbacks have played well all season long
0: well, speaking of the defense playing well all season long, the San Diego State Aztecs that have, that has always been the calling card for a rocky long team, and especially one at San Diego State here over the last few years of being a perennial contender in the Mountain West Conference. Again, they're ranked 25th in the country, entering this game on Saturday against UH for the West Division title at Aloha Stadium your thoughts your initial thoughts on uh san diego state how do they get this done because it's very similar to last season where there is question marks as far as now how exactly do you score on this san diego state defense which is so good how do you slow down a running game which is so powerful with an offensive line that is so big hawaii was able to do it last year in socal how do they do it here in halava
1: yeah, last year, as you mentioned, I was at that game, and, the, and Cole McDonald had almost 300 yards of passing in the first half, ended up with about 450, and they won that game, and that was a huge win. My son, Kupa Miano, works in the recruiting offices for Rocky Long, so I'm at San Diego State quite often, and I know Rocky, and I know Jeff Horton, and I know their coaching staff, and I've been saying from the very beginning, kind of jokingly to my son, Kupa, that Hawaii is going to kick you guys' butt this year because Hawaii can score points. One thing San Diego State does is they have a culture of winning. They have a culture, as you mentioned on defense. They have a culture on special teams. They win close games, but they know how to win. They believe they're going to win. But this, to me, is a, an intriguing matchup because San Diego State's not running the ball as efficiently. They don't have that NFL first round back, Marshall Falk and, and the kid Penny from, from uh, that went to the Seattle Seahawks. They have a quarterback that's been inconsistent as well. And I think that bodes well for Hawaii because Hawaii can score points and Hawaii will score points, even though this is one of the most athletic and well-coached defenses that They've played this year i expect hawaii to win and i expect most of the Miano household to be pretty happy other than my <laughs> wife my son and i'm not sure where sienna's going on this one but it really doesn't matter because she's 11. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know you alluded to it earlier uh that the university of hawaii closing practices here this week yes. for the san diego state game media not allowed to attend practice nobody allowed anywhere near the practice uh, field or facility what do you think that tells you about this week what it means to this program, what it means to head coach Nick Rolovich, and how important this game is.
1: I think it's a huge move. You know, when it first came out, being a, a member of the media, thinking like, I'm, i I got to go to practice because I need to talk to these guys. I need to, you know, have my information ready for the game. And then the more I thought about it, he's sending a message. It's loud and clear, guys, that the focus this week is not on who's going to be the quarterback. It's on fundamentals. It's on, you know, we did win this game, and we played better defensively. We probably didn't throw the ball as much vertically as we needed to, but we you know, it was a good victory, but we need to get better because this is a championship type of game that's going to bring the fans back to Aloha Stadium. It's going to bring the national narrative back that Hawaii can compete on a national level. San Diego State's 25th in the country so if you're not going to this game there's something wrong if you're not watching it you're not listening if you don't think this is good football then you've been missing this university of hawaii football team in 2019.
0: all right well it's a very exciting time for uh football fans been waiting for this for a very long time uh against san diego state this saturday at aloha stadium the mountain west conference west division title game and keep in mind that this isn't a <clears throat> planned thing it is not every year you play for the west <laughs> It, the stars were aligned that the schedule ended with Hawaii against San Diego State, and it works in this situation where San Diego State has a one-game advantage over the Bows, but a victory by Hawaii then gives them the tiebreaker because they will have the head-to-head. So this is uh, something that you do not take for granted right. because you don't you don't know what future years hold. holding. And let's say the University of Hawaii goes on this crazy run. You may never see a West Division title game ever again. This is just so happened to work out the way it does. So get down to Aloha Stadium, support this team. Tickets are available at hawaiiathletics.com. There's a link at our website, khon2.com. And now we're gonna to go to the Bose football yes. final mailbox. Remember, you can send questions or comments via social media at Twitter, at Rob DeMello, khon, or Instagram, at Rob DeMello, also on Facebook, Rob DeMello. So the questions here today, the very first one, you talked about it earlier, you, you brought it up, but uh, I wanna see if you've, With more time to think about it if your answer will change, but uh, the question being asked is this Saturday's game is the biggest game since when? For the University of Hawaii football program?
1: Yeah, I go back to 2007 because that game meant we were f- going for a championship. That game meant we were going for national uh, implications in terms of playing good football at that level. So I think this game is that. You know, we talked before the San Jose State game. That might was really the first significant win against the Mountain West opponent at Aloha Stadium. They've had some signature wins on the road. This now is almost like it's not one and done because they're going to continue to play. They have Army and they're going to have a bowl game to play for. But it's almost one and done in terms of will we get over that hump will we be more than just a seven eight nine win football team that plays in the aloha bowl every year and i think this is huge and that's why practices are closed and that's why the focus is on san diego state and hopefully the fans focus is on san diego State because i really believe that extra five ten thousand fans in that stadium make it a superior home field advantage
0: you brought up 2007 it was against boise state for that WAC championship, it was the only time in program history that UH won the title outright. Because in previous years, '92, '99, uh, they shared titles. Also in 2010. But the crazy thing, when you think about that Boise State game, which was a sellout, which had fans rush the field, <laughs> which you know what will be different this time around. There won't be a trophy to hoist because um, you still need to play for the Mountain West Conference title if you are victorious. But that game took place on November 23rd. 2007 wow. and this Saturday's game will be November 23rd Numerology. against San Diego State <laughs> which is absolutely bonkers and and just to keep it going I mean if you were to add any other games to that mix I think 2010 against a nationally ranked Nevada team with Colin Kaepernick oh, at quarterback was, was also a big game. But the thing with that is that game was in October.
1: Right, early.
0: You still had I want to say four conference games yeah. following that, so it was a big win, um, and it was against a ranked opponent, and it was against a superstar that was getting national attention as mm-hmm. far as as far as Colin Kaepernick goes. And you're able to get that win, so that was big. And, and then obviously you have really big games like when usc came to town to, yes. s- to open the season or or you had a, a ranked washington team at aloha stadium and those are big games but nothing can touch what is about to happen on saturday significance uh, you have to go back 12 years to 2007 in that boise state game so this is a big game and, and for anyone that decides to not go to uh football games because they feel that it's not a, a, a big type feel i mean this is an event this yes. isn't a football game this will be an event on Saturday, and so get down to Aloha Stadium for sure. Uh, The next question along those lines, from a marketing standpoint, what can UH do to get people down to Aloha Stadium? And, And I imagine that it's gonna take more than just the UH marketing team to create the atmosphere that people are gonna to wanna to go to. But uh, is there anything that you can think of that needs to happen this week in order to get people excited about this game? Yeah,
1: you know, I call that monster marketing, right? For, from social media to print media to television. But I think the bi- best thing we can do as fans, as, as, as people that believe in this program and love this program, is to tell our friends how important it is to go out. I, I think it has to go from Hilo to Hanalei. I mean, we have to feel this thing. We have It's gotta be organic and it's gotta be one of those situations where, you know, is it the Little League team playing for the World Series? Is it University of Hawaii men's volleyball last year? This is big for the state of Hawaii and it could have resounding effects throughout recruiting in the in the next year's team. And when you win and you compete for championships and you send guys to the National Football League and you continually play in bowl games and you have local boys that are part of this whole thing. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. So. Proof to the state of Hawaii that a 35,000-seat stadium is not big enough.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you hit it on the head that, that people need to talk to their friends, to their family. It needs to be done by just more than the University yes. of Hawaii. I mean, this will need to be a grassroots thing where, I mean, just go out there and, and talk about Hawaii football. When mm-hmm. you're at work... Just bring it up, talk yeah. about, did you see the game? Did you Oh, did you hear about this week's game? And, and create interest, create something, you know, what is that a FOMO that people have, right? The fear of missing out, wow. right? That, that You need to create that atmosphere for everybody here in the state where they feel like they have to go to this game because everyone is going to this game and this is gonna be a big moment for Hawaii. And from the UH side, you know, I, there, there's always things that you can do. There's always more that you can do. Of course, um, and, and that's what the message needs to be within that department. Is what, you know, what have you done so far? Okay, we can it's do more. Not good more. enough. Exactly, it, and, and
1: that's everything, right? You're trying to get better in everything you do. In order to be great, you cannot be consistent. You have to, you have to work at that. And, and like you say. we're not blaming the university of hawaii media on this we're not blaming print we're not blaming Mm -hmm. anybody we're saying we all need to be in this thing together to get the kind of support that this program deserves
0: absolutely and again it is saturday 6 p.m at aloha stadium against san diego state for the west division title and the last question here sent in for bose football final what are the selling points to possible bowl games for the university of hawaii and of course the hawaii bowl is there byu already accepted an invitation which creates uh, probably one of the most intriguing bowl games that university of hawaii would ever play in outside of the sugar bowl in 2007 facing your number one arch rival nemesis of all time byu but then there's also the las vegas bowl that traditionally the mountain west conference champion if not going to a new year's eve game Plays in, um, so we're not going to know what happens with the University of Hawaii as far as bowl placement until all the games are done. The Mountain West Conference is going to wait and and, and align up properly once everybody's season is over. But what are the pros? What are the cons? I mean, you already hear people complaining in a way about Hawaii boy just gets stale. In Hawaii, you know. Again, I brought this up earlier. UH has played in third. This will be the 13th bowl game in 47 years. That means 34 seasons. This team ended their year and had no bowl game. Yeah. So, I mean, let's stop acting like this is like an every year thing where, oh, UH is going to a bowl game, whoop de doo No, only 13 out of 47 years of being a Division I program. So uh, the, the Hawaii Bowl, by no stretch of the imagination, is a throwaway game. And the fact that it's in your stadium, I mean, just makes it something that, that I think is even more special because There are teams around the country that die to play in the Hawaii Bowl. Um, The Las Vegas Bowl, I think, is interesting because of what you saw this past weekend and the amount of people that go out to support the University of Hawaii Mm -hmm. in Las Vegas. What are your thoughts?
1: My thoughts are this, right? You know, so I'm a little bit jaded in terms of... I agree with the significance of being in a bowl game. That's what these, you know, how many teams, there's approximately, I think it's between 50 and 60 that go to a bowl game out of the 132 FBS teams. That's what you play for. That's one of the goals. They've achieved that. Even though you're staying home in the state of Hawaii, trust me, when you go to the Moana Hotel for a week, when you go through all of the different events that they have with this bowl game and you get your swag and you get to play another game on national television, and that's what these players play for. So trust me, even if they play in the Hawaii Bowl. And the fact that it's BYU, I don't think people realize it's not Conference USA's fifth place team. It's BYU. There's no bigger uh, rivalry. There's no greater fan interest from the North Shore to all over the state of Hawaii want to see Hawaii against BYU. So if they happen to stay home, that's going to be phenomenal. But you mentioned the Las Vegas Bowl. I mean, when you have more fans and you have, you know, uh, the immigration from this state to Las Vegas and the Ninth Island, that's all real. You can see it in the casinos. You can see it at the football games. That would be a great bowl game as well for this team to go to. And there is significance to going to a bowl game on the mainland as well, again, and being on national television. So to me, Hawaii has everything in front of them. And if you're not happy about playing in the Hawaii Bowl, I think you don't get it because I know the players are going to be happy, the coach is going to be happy, and again, hopefully the state of Hawaii is going to be happy, because it doesn't happen every year.
0: No, it does not. Only 13 times in 47 years of being a Division I program. Well, the University of Hawaii is bowl eligible. We'll cross that road when we need to as far as when this season ends, where will Hawaii be playing as far as their bowl game, but bigger fish to fry here this season or this weekend at Aloha Stadium. It will be the University of Hawaii against San Diego State. The scenario is simple. The winner will win the West Division title and play in the Mountain West Conference Championship game against the Mountain champion in two weeks. It will be played at the Mountain Division uh, champions' venue. You'd imagine, uh, especially if the University of Hawaii wins, because they will have more losses than whoever the Mountain West champion or Mountain Division champion is. Whether it be Boise State, Utah State, I believe Air Force might still be in the mix.
1: Um, yeah but you know I again I maybe be Boise and we don't mm. know that yet but Rob I'm telling you after that Boise state game I thought to myself can you imagine if this is the championship game because yeah. Hawaii didn't play his best football and I want to see when Hawaii plays its best football against Boise in Boise and I still think you know it's that's that's still hasn't happened yet it's still a dream but I'm telling you, this season is a season of destiny.
0: It really is. So get down to Aloha Stadium, this, as we talked about, the biggest game in University of Hawaii football since 2007, and that last biggest game will fall 12 years to the day when you beat Boise State to win the Western Athletic Conference title. So get down there, tickets are affordable, make it an event. Don't make this a UH football game. Make this an event. Make it Bruno Mars. Make it whatever it is. Aerosmith coming to town. Janet Jackson. Whatever it is. Get down there. Tailgate. Make it a mess for people on the freeway. I don't want no 14-minute drives from my house to Aloha Stadium. I'm in my production meeting within less than 15 minutes. I don't want that. I want to sit in traffic on Saturday, or I want to have to plan to get down there early because this is a team that deserves it. This is a game that deserves it, right? You know
1: what I want? I want, when I'm up in that box broadcasting this game, for the stadium to be shaken like it was against Boise, like it was against Fresno, like it has been in the past. Let's prove to all these people that Hawaii fan base hasn't dissipated. They just are playing winning football and we you're back on the bandwagon. Yes,
0: and especially you to the students, get out yes. there because we need you. They need you. The state of Hawaii needs you. Well, thanks a lot for joining us on Bose Football Final once again. We will be back on Monday to talk about what happened in the yes. biggest game in 12 years for the University of Hawaii. For Rich Miano, I'm Rob DiMello. You can catch us at KJON2.com, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. We'll catch you next time on Bose Football Final. Thanks for watching, everybody. Aloha.